come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome to 90s Disney, your podcast for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, joined by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Hello. And Chris Minotti. Hey. Whoa, high energy, Chris. No. I like I'm it. pretty tired. <laughs> no, I believe in you. Yeah, I, I definitely believe you. Chris, you got to perk up. It's your turn. Oh, no. Chris. What are we doing? <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> Off to a good start. Yes, something that is uh, familiar with us Minotti's. I think maybe more you and me, Mike, than Yeah, I, I agree, yes. Um, pin trading. You know, we always enjoyed, I mean, it was a perfect time for us, kind of like something we could buy, and it's collectible. This is fun. <laughs> something Dad could buy for us. Right, right. Collectible. Yeah, so, we so got we'll less see. into it when we had to buy them ourselves, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> so we'll get into all that, uh, but first let's start here with uh, the date, October 1st, 1999. A number one movie at this time period. It's funny because now we're getting to the point where, like, you know, we've done other October 1999s. We're probably finding different things. It's probably a different movie (laughs) than what you found for, you know, the Millennium Celebration that we'll get to. But what I found was Double Jeopardy. I I had to watch this in eighth grade government class. (laughs) Well, I hit her on company property with company property. So Double Jeopardy, I think we're covered. That's funny. You watch that in school. It's kind of like a murder mystery. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a stupid action movie. It has nothing to do with like actual legal procedure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a Tom Lee Jones movie. Never seen it. <laughs> Number one song in the U.S. <clears throat> Sorry, man. As soon as we started, I ate a Starburst and it's not going <laughs> that well. <laughs> I told you not to st- look. It's, we're recording this the day before Halloween. I'm like, don't eat that candy. It's for the kids, Chris. And Chris is like, oh, I'm eating it. This <laughs> is what you get. You found the wrong way. It was a little stale. Are you sure it's like this? Shit? Oh, Candy? Brand new. No, that's good stuff. I think servers are always stale. Oh, man. I'm like tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, number one song. Now, I had to add this, but in the US, it's Unpretty by TLC. Yeah, whatever. But in the UK, it was Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Die by Eiffel 65. <laughs> My kids love this good. song. And now oh, they do. Yes. Listen up. Here's a story. Okay, okay. About yes, yes. You too. We know. We know the song. No, you don't know as well as I do. I could do the whole thing. <laughs> yes, me too. And all day and all night, everything he sees is just blue like him. Okay, we're not talking about blue. We're going to talk about yellow here because it's <laughs> mid-October. Pokemon Yellow released in the U.S. This was like their way of adding all the stuff from the cartoon into like the original Pokemon game. It, it talked. He said Pikachu. He said Pikachu. Yeah, he he walked, Pikachu walked behind you and you had uh, Team Rocket in there. Well, Team Rocket was always going to be at Jesse and James yeah. in there. And, and Charizard was now a flying type. Oh, oh look at that. I think that was in yellow that I introduced that. Man, these changes. Uh, so this sounds like one of those things, AJ, that you just say, like you think you know. I think he was always also a flying No, because he could learn fly. In this yeah, I think he could learn fly, but I think he was always a flying type. I kind of recall being upset that he couldn't fly in the first one. Yes, no, that, that that is true. He could not learn fly originally, but he was always uh, half of a flying type. All right, well, good thing this is not a Pokemon podcast. I'm looking it up anyway. So. Okay. They're not going to find because what you're looking up doesn't exist. Sure it does. He was always flying. Anyways, Chris. So, well before 
Uh oh, Agey's showing him the phone. What is this? It says type one fired. Type two nothing. Well, uh, I don't like this. <laughs> is, is that OG Charizard? Yeah. Okay. IGN. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, you can't spell ignorant without IGN, which is not true. IGN. A lot of great people work at IGN, but still. I want. I wish it was true so that AJ would be wrong. Now you look confused. You don't like what no, you're no, saying. No, no, no. I'm just reading some. Oh, like just scratching your head. All right. You yeah. put down your phone. Stop reading about Pokemon. Yes. We got to learn over. about. We're not collecting and trading monsters. We're well, collecting and trading pins. Uh, yeah, because we're going way back. Way back with pin trading because it wasn't always a thing like most things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Most things. Except for atoms and molecules, as far as we know. <laughs> We're going back to 1896. Back to the... <laughs> like, wait, this is the furthest back we've gone. It's the 90s, though. This is the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> he almost killed AJ. <laughs> AJ almost chokes. I think AJ almost swallowed his can of Coca-Cola when he said... Yeah, That's right. <laughs> That'd be great. We're, we're staying on theme here. It's like an eight, 1890s World's Fair we could talk about sometime. Hey, <laughs> the Chicago, the, that was like nine, early 1900, yeah, 1911. Yeah. Or That's great. Anyways, uh, what yeah. the heck could have possibly happened, Chris, in 1896 that would be relevant to this discussion? So, so 1896, the Athens Olympics are going on. And uh, to kind of distinguish between all the different athletes, different countries, and all this stuff, Excuse me, the media and the Olympic officials, they had these like small cardboard badges that they would wear to like know who was who from where and you know whatnot. <clears throat> and they kept doing this as an identifier for everyone. But in 1912, in the Summer Olympics in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, they came out with these commemorative metal pins instead. And they also sold them to, to spectators. They made for a good souvenir. They were easy to manufacture, they were affordable. So it was kind of like a nice, fun thing like to sell and wasn't like a big risk or anything like that. But these athletes were given these uh, medals or these badges as well. And the cardboard ones were no more. So <clears throat> we're moving on here. So this is all like, you know, all, a lot of this is early Olympic stuff. It leads up to, to Disney here. But in 1924, now we're in the Olympics in Paris, France. The athletes started trading these badges. And it was kind of like a, you know, a nice gesture, I guess, in a way. Or like a bond of friendship. Hmm. So you guys are hearing some kind of pin trade. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Around the world, pin trade. <laughs> uh, we jump up to the 1960s, the Squaw Valley Olympics. Uh, a company called Slovenia Electric. They're the first corporate sponsor to design their own pin uh, to go along with the game. So now it's not just like, okay, we're giving all these athletes or whatever their own pins. There, there's like a different branch, I guess, of uh, something to go along with this trading. And as the years went on, uh, more companies began to follow suit because they saw it was, you know, a little bit of a lucrative kind of side business there. Uh, in 1980 now, uh, the Lake Placid Olympics, um, the, available pins, the available pins greatly expanded. Uh, they included things like, like the specific games that they had, all the different countries, um, all the different, you know, tons of different sponsors. So now you're getting to like, you know, there's a ton of them that are out there. And they're, you know, as far as like the Olympics go, there's a ton, you know, like sports and whatnot, but still like a limited variety. And at this point, not just the athletes were kind of getting into the trading, but it was like, you know, the spectators too. Like, ooh, what's your favorite sport? What do you want to trade? I have this. <clears throat> so it was, it was getting fun. It was like becoming like a fun activity for all these things. I'll trade you a bobsled for a decathlon. You have a deal. Hang <laughs> out. That, that's a good <laughs> that, deal. That was historical reenactment of pin trading. <laughs> 
Yes, they were. They were. They both spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Pin trading is a uh, universal language. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that and mathematics. That's how we got it. But uh, yeah, these limited pins they, they started selling for hundreds and thousands of dollars because again, the Olympics came you know once every four years for summer, four for for winter. Yeah. They only made them for that Olympics, so it was a big deal. You know when you had something. <clears throat> Now we're on to 1996 to the Atlanta Olympics. Is this also the first Olympics everyone else really remembers happening? Well, because it was in the states and it was the hundredth Olympiad, so it was. Well, a big yeah, deal. I remember yeah. that, like a big deal. John Williams wrote the theme that they still use today. To, to be clear, for me, it was more so about the being old enough to actually understand the right, were right. going on. Plus, I remember there was there was a there was like a bombing. I remember like the video was uploaded on AOL and watching and, it there, and it was kind of wow. creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's odd. Uh, another company here called called Amico International. They cap. They started to capitalize on this craze. So they created and sold like like you know th- they made their own like a thousand different designs. And it was like really like okay yeah this is all out. We're gonna do this and and make it a thing. And they estimated to have sold over thirty five million for just That's this event. Insane. It would have, it would have been ten times as many if they made mystery pouches. <laughs> <laughs> Disney will figure that out later. Yeah, that comes. We didn't invent those yet. Right, right. So that's like a history of kind of like you know pin trading, I guess, in a way, as far as like the Olympics goes. But this Olympics was you know where Disney gets involved. So nineteen ninety eight, the Nagano Japan Olympics. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. This was a Winter Olympics. Yes, yes, I remember yes. this. So, so there's Disney executives there, um, you know, enjoying the games, whatever. Uh, Joy Caligridis, the president of Walt Disney Resort, was at these Olympics, and he saw people, uh, you know, they couldn't speak their own language, but they had these pins, and they couldn't talk to each other, but they were still communicating in a way of like, oh, what do you have? I have this, you know, just by showing it's you know, whatever and stuff. Yeah. So again, this this universal language. Like it's like the old school barter system, you know, but it's these fun little you know metal collectible collectible pins. <clears throat> so he saw how effective this was. Um, <clears throat> I did want to talk about, I guess, George here real quick, George Caligridis, but he began working for Disney in 1971 as a busser in the Contemporary, which is kind of cool. Very entry level job, right? Yeah, it's funny. Like a lot of these like higher ups at this time, you, you always that's always like the background, like real early. Yeah. I don't think that happens anymore. No, not too much. Yeah, they're like he elite like, college grad. Yeah, he was like, no, he was the AVP at like you know General Electric. <laughs> now yeah. he's right. like, you know in charge of making movies at Disney for some reason. Right, but yeah, he so he became president of both Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World at some point during his career. Uh, pretty good. Uh, he led the resort during the creation of World of Avatar, Toy Story Land, Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, he just retired May of this year, um, and he has a window in uh, in Disney World on Main Street. Oh, that's pretty rad. Yeah, what to, so, what to look out for that now? Yeah, they added in September twenty twenty one. Okay, uh, I love this with this the you know researching everything, finding out all these these old names that you kind of heard before maybe, but getting a little bit right. Um, I mean, there's like the there. super famous Imagineers that we all know about, yeah, but it's like kind the Mark of like, Davis and yeah, yeah, right, it's right. Nice to learn the about Tony some of the newer guys. Yeah. So yeah. so now after this Olympics, you know, it's kind of on. So they had this idea that pins are a marketable business, um, and they have their uh, Millennium Celebration coming up. But the funny thing about all that, I mean, pin trading is its own thing in, in the Millennium Celebration, but early Disney had pins, um, even up to, like, the, the 50s in Disneyland. And, and they're just, like, basic, like, 
hey, uh, thank you for coming to this place. You know, here's a pen. Here's like a prize for doing something. I mean, they were like cheap little freebies. You right. Got. Yeah. yeah. They were just something that they would you could sell at the store, the merchant, you know, souvenir shops. It's like getting a refrigerator magnet or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Just really? a basic souvenir. Yeah. No trading concept going on here. Just a fun. Kind like, of oh, here's thing a picture of Mickey Mouse on metal. Yeah. It's got right. a pointy end to stick in your shirt. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> it. Like actually pins. Like, yeah, wear these. Uh, but yeah, so the Millennium Celebration is, you know, they're planning for this big, long event, 15-month-long event that they want to have. That was one of our first episodes. Was it, it was. So. Was that I mean, the first one? It was 25th anniversary yeah. was our first one. That's right. right. But yeah, we did a Millennium Celebration episode a long time ago. We talked about pin training a little bit. I would say bit. we probably, yeah, touched on it uh, mm-hmm. a little bit there. But uh, yeah, the team, they're looking at ways of, you know, what else can we do? Uh, especially the marketing team, you know, how can we get people involved um, with each other and, and kind of reach that like that social interaction that they were seeing uh, at the Olympics there? But um, AJ, what was the, who was that one guy we were we were discussing? So this guy, his name was Ed Storin. Um, I have him currently as a general manager of uh, Disney Animal Kingdom merchandise. I'm, I'm not sure what his exact title was at, at this time around this uh, Millennium Celebration, but. Uh, this is kind of when they were developing the whole concept of, of pin trading and, and its viability. And one of his managers sent him to some kind of balloon festival um, with a handful of uh, pins of like the the Mickey, uh, what did they call that balloon? Uh, mouse, mouse Force One. Uh, yeah. Air Force One. Air Force One. It's the hot air balloon shaped like Mickey. It was a pin of that. And he just, he went to this balloon festival where, where pin trading did happen. You know, again, Disney didn't invent pin trading, but... Um, People started to catch on. This guy was from Disney, had these Mickey pens, and people were seeking him out. And so completely, virally, in the moment, caught on and like really kind of proved that like you know people will get into this. Right. It's funny you say that too because the company that I work for, um, we don't do pens or anything, but we have stickers. So when we go to, to places, uh, you know, for business or whatever, they always see like who we are, and they're like, "You have stickers, don't you?" Because there's like some stickers we have that are kind of rare or whatever, uh-huh. and they're, they're aware yeah. of it. So I mean, like this whole appeal of it is pretty funny. It, it's a whole thing, but even like specifically at this time, I mean, you have so many of these little cl- things that are just normal items, but we say they're collectible, and everyone wants to collect them. I mean, Chris, we're also really into Beanie Babies, right? Huge. Right. Very same thing. And Pokemon cards again, very similar thing. Mm-hmm. Except there's like. Some kind of card-based utility to them, pogs, like all this stuff. This this stuff was everywhere yeah, in the nineties, guys. Most of the collectible things you two got into way more than I. Yeah, did. how about that? Yeah. So, so, What's that say about you? Don't, you, don't the, you don't have the same brain sickness as us, okay. I guess. <laughs> Good for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gotcha. didn't help. The age of the internet was during all this too. So mm-hmm. being able to like research those right. things, like this is the rare one of this, and yeah, I have yeah. to have it. That or right. just going to Barnes and Noble and getting like the Beanie Baby Guide and this oh, guy yeah. and like yeah. just getting so excited reading about the rare ones. Oh, I gotta get the rare one. Because that's the rare one. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, so they came up with this concept. Let's let's go and let's dive into this here, the, this pin trading thing, uh, and give it a shot just for the Millennium Celebration. That was the original plan. So they fought hard. That they got the funding for the, this pin trading trading station in Epcot, and then even that was a, a, a point of contention. Yeah. So again, Ed tells a story where they're they're developing the whole pin trading thing, but they want this like pin trading central location in Epcot. And they just kind of like the the, the uh, upper brass wasn't seeing the the money for this and making it like worth the while, so they kind of had to figure out a way to kind of find the money to fund this thing. So they came up with this idea of, of like a subscription 
to millennium themed pins for Epcot that like throughout the year you would get more of them sent to you. And once you had them all and you pinned them to this board like a puzzle, it created a photo mosaic of Spaceship Earth with the the Mickey one and the 2000 right, over 2000. it. And um, they actually didn't sell through nearly as no. many of these but as like, they thought. Before they even sold them, like the concept of it like kind of sold the management on right. the idea. Mm-hmm. So they approved pin trading and pin right. trading so central. So pin trading happened and that was hugely successful, but this subscription never took off. So they literally threw these things they away, like warehouse which is them. funny because they're probably right. super I know. Yeah. I'd like to have one. Because that was like three or four months into this when they realized mm-hmm. that failed. But those in those three months, pin trading just Yeah, like Ed thought he was going to get chewed out for failing to sell these things. But like someone in this meeting was like, well, let's... Let's Hold on take now. a step back and realize that if this didn't happen in the first place, we wouldn't have gone forward with pin trading, which is incredibly popular and lucrative. So good on you, Ed. But, but Ed's not like the only real big champion and kind of point person for pin trading here, right? Yeah. So so another guy, uh, Stephen Miller, um, he was involved, maybe not initially, but um, within that first year, uh, he, he was heavily involved in pin trading. Um, a, a little background about Stephen Miller here. Because I got excited when I saw Ohio, but he's a native of Columbus, Ohio. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not quite northeastern Ohio, but we'll right. allow yeah, it. It's right. in the state. Uh, he not only did he oversee uh, Disney like pin trading uh, at that time, but he went on to do uh, vinylmation. Mm-hmm. Never something really, that we never got into. Because again, of at that point, I was like a little past it. I mean, I already went through the whole rodeo with pin trading, right? I remember it's like, look, I can't do this again. <laughs> <with some laughs> other, it, it, the vinylmations are kind of neat. Some of them are kind of ugly. That's where it's like, literally. It's all this like one model of Mickey Mouse that they just paint any well, other character over. Here's your thing. Another reason why pins work so well, I think. The vinyls take up space. Yeah. yeah. Pins don't take up a lot of space. You get a nice big book, throw them in there, mm-hmm. and there you go. Vinyls yeah. are a Funko Pop. Adjacent. I was going to say, did <laughs> yeah. this happen like during that Funko this was Pop? Before. They're all... This had to be a little bit before, I feel like. Yeah, it's probably, probably the same close. wheelhouse. Yeah. Probably close. Right. But but anyway, so more about Stephen Miller. Uh, he joined the Disney's summer 1997 uh, like college internship program. And he began working at Pleasure Island, Pleasure Island Merchandising. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. My, my one memory of uh, Pleasure Island Merchandise, really my only Pleasure Island memory is because there's that one store you were able to go to uh, back before they like wouldn't let kids in, and it had that Mario Brothers 3 pinball machine yes. that me and Chris <laughs> saw again recently at a yeah. local game store yeah. uh, around here called Stone Age Gamer, and I was really excited. I was like, <laughs> it's just like Pleasure Island. <laughs> All I remember is the big Jessica Rabbit, but yes. that's, that's just me. Perv. Yeah, yes. Uh, so he was also selected as a Disney ambassador for the 2001-2002 team. Do you guys know like what the Disney ambassador kind of like vaguely? But why don't you tell? It, us. Isn't that it, it, what that one girl was in the who, who was looking at the dior, diorama of Pirates of the Caribbean with Walt Disney and that whole thing? Was she an ambassador? Or is that something? I else? mean, it started in the fi- in fifty six, so maybe. Okay, I think so. really they're, they're kind of like the Disney hype man for like the the general uh, pro- public in a way. Yes, I think that's exactly. I can totally see the Stephen guy by the way, because like I, I don't think he knows how not to smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's infectious in a way that you kind of smile with him. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, uh, so yeah, Stephen, he saw trading uh, as a perfect complement to that celebrate the future hand-in-hand tagline that we all know and love. Celebrate the future of putting your cash from your hand to our hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another cool story that, that we saw was um, uh, another guy that was involved. Jim Green. Jim Green, yes. He's the director of Merchandise Location Strategy now. But um, the story that he shared, what like because they were brainstorming for you know a few days, how do we 
how do we get this to like you know actually do well and be successful right. and, and how people get, get involved guests engaged in and it. the right. idea they kind of came up with was well let's get like a basic pin design here and uh, what they came up with is this, it's that millennium celebration logo with the 2000 and there's the mickey ears there's like two kind of like almost they almost look like tapestry of nations yeah, people right. with like you know the ribbons ribbons and they're dancing in front it's a basic pin we would probably like it more than most guests yeah yeah he, even jim like kind of went on of how ugly it was like, i kind of no, like great. it but the point is that it, there's no characters on yeah, it and yeah. what are kids going to care about right. and this was given to everyone who checked into a disney resort during that yeah. celebration two of them they yeah, gave two, two of them each package yeah, yeah. so, so a, a million and a half of these were given away right and the idea being that well maybe you don't like this one but you can trade it for, for anything. anything that a cast member has in their lanyard which is another so, thing so they had right. Cast members go out with lanyards of pins, and it always seemed like the general rule was they'll accept any trade, which which was, as a kid, was confusing to the point of, I just don't believe you. Yeah, me too. I was skeptical. Because we never did it that much because of that. No, we weren't. We didn't trade that much. Yeah, typically. For one thing, I was still like a shy, awkward, like, preteen. I never got into the train because, like... Well, I bought this one because I want it. I'm not going to give yeah. it away. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it was it was kind of like that sometimes, but uh, right. But but by having these like two that you know you may not really care about, especially or at least you had two, so you had a duplicate. Right. Like, yeah. So they go to the cast member. They have the lanyard. Oh, you have a a basic Pluto. I like Pluto. Yeah. And I think it was more about you know the kids just getting their favorite characters. They weren't as worried about right. You know the thirty year olds who were right. like. I need the super rare one that was released in a limited edition run in 2007. But, you know, that was a brilliant thing to kind of make trading happen was, well, we're not just going to wait for the guests to start doing it themselves. We're going to, like, give all the employees yeah. these lanyards. Some of them had vests, like, yeah, filled the super with these traders. things. Like, with 50 or 60 of them. Yeah, it's like, look, like, you're, you know, if someone says they want to trade, go ahead and trade. And uh, I think at first, even, they didn't give the guests their own pins. Or, I mean, the, 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 staff, cast members. the cast members, yeah. Eventually, they started doing that. I think my understanding today is like there is literally just like uh, a place where it's like you can pick your pins for the day and walk out with it, and right. see, see which no, ones are just people can trade for now and all that stuff. Yeah, but, but like once all that was like figured out by by the guests, then it, it really exploded. Like wow, this is this is like a merchandising attraction in a way. Mm-hmm. I think no. that's and that's such an interesting point because that's really true. I never really thought much of gift shops, but oh, those are gift shops, and all of a sudden like. Going inside of a gift shop was an exciting thing. Because like, mm-hmm. what rare pins do they have? Maybe I I know one of those early years. I have a distinct memory of going inside of Mouse Gear and being really excited because we were there on Easter Day, and anytime yep. there's a special day, there's like here's all these exclusive pins. I remember just the line. It's yeah, like to, you know, get to, to get like exclusive Easter uh, Day pins, and it would only be sold for that day. And it was like, yes, yeah. I was, you'd be so happy you got them. So, so this this really a good AJ. I was just gonna say, yeah. So, this, like, like as you know, this this endeavor went on. Um, you know, Jim Green talks about him and his team trying to figure out ways to add to it, enhance it, and you know, drive more engagement. And you know, first it was the concept of limited edition pins, where there might only be a thousand of these made, and you would, if you saw them, you, you know, they say limited edition yeah. on them, and once they're gone, they're gone. And they found all sorts of reasons to do these, and it was kind of part of the fun. Like again, holidays. But I remember, oh, it's the first day that, you know, uh, Toy Story 3 is in theaters. So get the Toy Story right. yeah, opening like day Yeah, every time that movie pen. comes out, yeah. yeah or That's a special event. Or even, like, weirder anniversaries that normally wouldn't be celebrated, like, by any other merchandise. Like, oh, it's the 15-year anniversary of Treasure Planet. Well, and, and, and that's what's cool with this, because it's, you know, pretty 
cost efficient to make these things, especially if you're making like a right. thousand, you could take that risk with something that might be pretty. Yeah, you know, there's unknown. the Horn King from the Black Cauldron. Like, ooh, those oh. thousand people are gonna love that. And that's yeah. a point we should have. Maybe we should have said like pins are cheap to make. They are very, very cheap, cheap yeah. to make. I hate to tell you, yeah, when you we spend eighteen bucks on a pin, Disney just made like seventeen dollars right. and ninety cents. It's like almost like, pure bank for them. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's Could you imagine spending three thousand dollars on one? Whoa! And we'll get to that later. Yeah. But then I love the. They also have this concept of what? What do they call it? Surprise pins or yeah, something where like they literally would make like drop, like right. two hundred of them. They wouldn't say where they're going, when they're going. They would literally like at two o'clock in the afternoon go to the manager of a retail location somewhere randomly and be like, "Sell this box of pins." Yeah, it was and don't that, tell anybody. It was that manager and Jim. Like yeah. the two of them, they knew. Imagine you just walk, and they would be like weird ones, like the wet paint sign as a pin. And stuff yeah, like yeah. That. he wouldn't say what time. I like you could not yeah, even they didn't announce it. or anything. Like like just word of mouth had to spread about it. But no, that would cool. spread. That would be exciting. But then, like, how many people did just like happen like at two o five, just wondering that sort of like, oh, wet paint, that's kind of funny, and they just like bought it. Well, yeah, not thinking I mean, anything that's of the it. Idea, right? Maybe like, to this day so they cool don't know it. what they have. That's like, why we need to find our book. We right we there. yeah, we have a binder of all of a lot of our original pins that we got those first like five ten years. We. We were looking for it today. I haven't found it yet. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere. somewhere. It's somewhere. <laughs> we had a lot. Of, we got some good pins. We'll, talk well about we learned that about a few other things, like the um, for, for the cast members, not and not just the cast members, but executives. Like if they're walking around the park, they would get a lanyard thrown on them. Like here, here's a lanyard. You know, you need to go trade with people if they come to you. Sure, whatever. But they also introduced this thing of like these special cast member only pins, right? And, and these executives, you know, they had no idea they what know. they had. People would be like, "Do you have like the special cast member only pins?" They're like, well, uh, here's a pin of Mickey Mouse. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they came up with this, this visual cue, basically for the for the execs to really know. But it's like it's a tiny little hidden Mickey, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that like, was a signifier that it was like a cast, so they could see and be like, "Okay, yeah, this is this is what you want." But now I'm curious if we have any. Yeah, yeah right. To it's look. good to know. Like, yeah, if you, so if you, if you see a pin that has like a, not like super hidden Mickey, but just that little kind of that corporate symbol, three circle black Mickey yeah. Mouse, and that mm-hmm. that's what that signifies. So if you were into, you pins, couldn't buy that. If pin. you were into pins years ago, check your uh, your missing binders. You might find a surprise. <laughs> yeah, hoping we do. Uh, but anyway, on with uh, what we were kind of going on here. Excuse me, but um, I mean pins themselves, they just have that psychological like. Reasoning behind people who like things like stamps or something. It's like, okay, this is my collection. I'm going to show it off or whatever at mm-hmm. events. I want to trade it and, and have this. It's just, it works perfectly, these things. You know, it's great. And maybe why Vinylmation wasn't great for us because they were big, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, the other thing too, Disney had, like with anything kind of like they get into, they had this huge catalog of characters. Right. Again, you can you can have like the Milo and, and Kida pins right. come out on the 20th anniversary yeah. of Atlantis. And they would have like, you go to a store and like there's these different sections still and it's like, here's characters, here's specific, here's theme park attractions and here's like, you know. There's here's Marvel and here's about, Star uh, Wars. and How about the, uh, I think we have one with Spectrum Magic clothes. They, they'll take a piece yeah. of like a float and yeah. put it in a pin. Those are some of my favorite pins. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, yeah they like, they, they include like a little bit of rubble. I think I, I have a, <laughs> it is. It's is like they destroy rubble. It. Yeah, I think I have a Star Tours one from when before it got yeah. refurbished mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's tiny enough that they can make a hundred thousand of them, but it's still kind yeah, of cool. Like, yeah, it's, it's neat. Like, yeah, this is actually, right. I guess, part of like a float from Spectrum Magic. Okay, <laughs> if they say so, I guess I mean, they can trust them. They could have lied. I guess it could be just a piece. Look, of Look, if I believe it, and nobody can prove otherwise, and I believe just it, just as good, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like those Star Trek props I used to buy on eBay in like 2004. Yeah, sure, with a certificate of authenticity. Yeah, uh, it's great. <laughs> now you know it's a sticker legit. on it. Right. 
But uh, yeah, the, you know, this started initially just in Epcot, and uh, pretty soon after, they had seven official pin stations. I was kind of wondering if you guys can think of the seven. I get well, just in Epcot. No, no, no. Like, yeah, like I, I guess so. Start like in the Epcot. first expansion, I guess. Okay, well, yeah. so there's that main one in Epcot, right, right. behind Spaceship which, Earth. Which, by the way, what did you guys think about that? Because that had like all that weird awning and, and everything. I like those awnings. All outdoors. Well, here's, here's the thing: we grew up with that, you know, so it's like familiar to us. But it is one of the more gaudy things, I'd say, of the things that it, we kind of like that most people don't. Right. I mean, it was there until it all got taken down just yeah, a little bit ago, recent. right? Uh, but that was like the, the main trim painting station. Yeah, was there it. was that one. There was the, the, the Sorcerer Hat. And right. Hollywood Studios was pinned. Which training. is it, to show you how big this got that when the next celebration came around, the uh, 100 Years of Magic... The, the the main focal point was a pin trading. In fact, the um the money for that hat came out of the merchandising budget. And that makes wow. sense. That mm-hmm. explains why it looks kind yeah. of cheapy. <laughs> it's always funny to think merchandising pays for. They did that. They paid for uh, Mickey's uh, birthday land back in the day. Right. Yeah, that came out of their right. budget also. All the cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Well, then there's the uh, yeah, the big one in Disney uh, downtown Disney. Downtown Disney. Yeah. yeah. The, that circular building that looks like it's like should be a carousel, right. but it's not. That building. So, what was that building before the? Uh, it, Penetrating because I, 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 it was I, a curse. I used to know this, yeah. I, I remember s- somebody talking about it not so long ago, but this, this is actually this is the best one. This oh, one yeah. has yeah. a ton right. of uh, uh, pens and also uh, a lot of tables where people would really gather to collect. Because again, yeah. you don't need a ticket to get to downtown right. Disney. Yeah, yeah. This so is like the hub for all that event. This became the real hub for all of it. Now, now where I, I can't imagine or remember where the Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. Like, yeah, I don't that's remember there being were. specific hubs. You just kind of found them. Yeah, that's, yeah, like, park. like well, and that's all the parks. They all had like you know when you when you're at the checkout line, there's like you know, yeah, the but like the Emporium had like a big section. Like, I know maybe that's yeah. what it was. I know in section. Disneyland, there's actually a pretty big pin store inside of Frontierland over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the main one, but right. yeah, the, the, those are those three though. Those are the the big ones that little canopy uh in in epcot the one in downtown disney that circular building and then the uh, sorcerer mickey hat right so you know this got huge just in that in that time frame and uh linda conrad is quoted here she's the director of walt disney merchandising at the time she stated that the pin trading made up substantial part of millennium revenue for the celebration Mm -hmm. which you know i could believe for how again the the margins on it are so high right um, initially, they're, I mean, they had new pins going every day during the celebration too. So they just they just kept them going. Well, again, you could you could make them quickly. You could make, you, uh, distribute them quickly. Right. Again, it, everything about it makes financial sense, and it gets people in because you know people they will get you know in a way addicted to it, I guess, and mm-hmm. they want to come in every day to the parks. They're buying tickets to Epcot just to look at pins, right? Because <laughs> you can't go on Twitter and see what's the new pin for the That's day, right? Um, you know, Disney was, they were able to control the scarcity for certain pins and they made like their limited editions that we talked about and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. And you know, there, there was a story by, uh, do you remember the woman's name AJ in the video? We Her watched? name is Jeannie Lewis. She is a merchandiser and, and headwear. She says here. Yeah. Well, she was working at kind of the Disneyland sort of branch of pin trading for a bit and. You know, she had the idea of, well, it's the 40th anniversary of Disneyland. Instead of, like, the Silverbacks. No, it was well, the, the 40th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. Oh, the Haunted Mansion specifically, yeah. yeah. Instead of the first. The, the open house. The, so instead of the Silverback, we'll have the a, a Ruby back for some for 40 pins only because it's the 40th anniversary. And, and rubies were the, the gemstone of the 40th. And it was in those mystery packs, which were, again, worth Flying bags. Flying yeah. bags. And again, so. they don't tell anyone. It's mm-hmm. just like. You just, so not only is it you might get this pin, now you might get the, a red version in this pin. And again, no one knew. Yeah, like, she, she tells the story where, like, someone came up to her and was like 
is this like a mistake? Like my pin's red, and she like had to like gently guide this guy. Like, well, do you know what the ru- the, the gemstone is for a fortieth? And he's like, no. She's like, it's a ruby. who would know that? Yeah, I might not. yeah. And then he's she's like, so how many do you think we made? He's like forty. She's like, that's right. And then like all of a sudden, there's like. This guy tells some people, and then there's just a crush of people buying these blind bags now to get the other 39. See, nowadays they'd be like, hey, there's 50 of these. Go over there, like on their Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah they'd announce it on Twitter. The website would crash. <laughs> There'd be a, <laughs> right. a line starting at 3 a.m. Yep, yep. But yeah, I mean, it's so successful, not just Disney World, but that same year, Disney, they brought it to Disneyland mm-hmm. um, as well, and eventually to all the other Disney parks. It's where, including Tokyo Disneyland, so, where so, yeah, so they had it at Tokyo Disneyland, and it just like really went crazy. Whereas like people are on the hub on the ground opening their binders, like laying everything out. It, like it had a, like a, a flea, flea market, market. Yeah. like look, right. kind of it kind of got out of hand. It so, got to the point where at a shareholders meeting, one of the shareholders at the you know the Oriental Land Company uh, shareholders meeting said like, "What are you going to do about this? It looks cheap and sleazy." Yeah. Like that day, so the, they just they didn't like just stop the trading. They just got rid of the pins. They got rid of the stations. You, you could buy the so event. Yeah, eventually they brought it back. We mm-hmm. could buy pins, but no trading. Yeah, it's not yeah, what it was. was. But for a it's long time, they were just gone. It was too right. successful. Too successful. Too, it's you know funny how that works. And to say that to like an executive, that's got to be like, oh, what? <laughs> I don't understand. We were making too much money. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, as of now, I mean, there's there's over a hundred thousand pin designs. I that's believe insane. it. Insane. And just you know, since nineteen, since late nineteen ninety nine, it's it's crazy. And again, like Disney didn't start you know pins and all that good stuff, but they really excelled it into like the fewer. Fjord, I can't say that word. You just said the Fuhrer. Yeah, I know. That's why I corrected myself immediately. <laughs> they had pins, too. Okay, you're going to make your mouth too late. Dang it. Why don't you cool pin up an eagle? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a Muppet. I know. All right, all right. Because there's a lot of pins, and other people uh, started doing them, too, right? Like, I, I mean, I remember seeing Universe... We, they didn't have like buildings or anything like Disney did, but um, they had, every they had shop. stands in that the gift shop. I remember where you really saw pins and got excited was I would yes. uh, we so Blizzard people who make like World of Warcraft and Overwatch they had a yearly kind of convention I got to cover a few times in Anaheim right across from Disneyland at the Anaheim Convention Center where uh, I think D twenty three just happened there this year. Yes, yep, the same place. Sorry. But they have a lot of merchandise there, and this included pins, and there was, like, a lot of pin trading involved and, like, things to get uh, specific pins or not, and it was, like, this really fun thing, and Chris got really into it. I got I got into, because, again, they get you. They get you, because mm-hmm. they have the pins, and I do love those enamel pins, and, you know, they look good and all that, but they had the gold versions. Oh. And really, and, you know, the Blizzard character's pretty good, like the Overwatch characters and all that. So there's a separate line just to buy them, like $5 for one. You don't know what you're going to get, so it's all exciting. But then they have another line where they have, like, this big board, and there's two of them, and they just have, like, a bunch of different random pins over the years, you know, from BlizzCon's previous right. years. Because each BlizzCon has different series. Has different series, thing. right. And this is, like, Series 6 at this point. So they have the board. They have the board. You go in this line, you could trade. So that was, like, their trading station. But at random times, and you could be next in line, they just they flip the board over. So it's two-sided. And on the other side, inside, like, you know, a secret, like, you know, curtain or whatever, they're mm-hmm. putting new pins up. So you could be in line, like, ooh, I'm going to get that one. I can't wait. And then you're next in line. They flip it over. And honestly, it's a good thing because then there's probably more rare ones there. 
But it was fun. So, you know, they, they keep that spirit alive with that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Penny Arcade even had a whole line Penny Arcade. Right. Penny Arcade, yeah. yeah. And I remember Gabe, who, you know, one half of Penny Arcade specifically said, I went to Disneyland and they had these. I thought it was great. I think we should do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll go to like Comic Cons and different expos. People are trading them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's not just something you trade in the parks, They're, it's a global thing. Um, so yeah, present day, day, present day Disney here, uh, training has become a mainstay. Like we've said, uh, it's here to last. It definitely, I mean, it's maybe died down a little, but yeah, it doesn't seem like, I maybe it's just because I'm not doing it actively anymore. Right, it doesn't right. seem like as big a deal as I, it's a bit more niche. There's the definitely still the hardcore fans. Out I mean, there. if they can sell popcorn buckets the way they do, I'm sure. So when they announce right. like a new limited edition pin that the, the lines form, right. I mean, to the point where it's like a side business for some people who have well, these pins. Have you seen that? The, the the flea market thing from Tokyo. I've seen that where people literally have like a fold out table and they just like grab a bench it's somewhere like in the park room. and like set up. And it's kind of like, yeah, you're right overdoing like it. The closest, again, is those tables outside of the downtown Disney store, mm-hmm. the Disney Springs store. Yeah. Now, that is still a pin trading store, right? Yeah. Even today, yeah. Yeah, it's still there. I think it has other merchandise now, to be honest. I don't think it's only pins like it was. Like, oh, really? Height of 2000. Kind of I might bad. be making that up, but it sounds right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still collectible stuff, though. Yeah, exactly. Vinyl Mation. Right, and, yeah. You know. So that's like their yeah, collectible booth. But, uh, I mean, yeah, over the years, websites have dedicated just the pins. Reselling them have come up. It's like you're going into like, the black web, you're the dark web, I mean. Well, uh, so I assume these are counterfeited and... Yeah, uh, I, spoofed and everything. I mean, when we tried to look for videos to watch on the subject, the first thing that came up was like, how to find out if you have a counterfeit pin? Like, well, it's funny you say that, because there are ways to tell. So these pins are most, mostly manufactured in China, and they have you know molds that they use for just that limited run or however long it is, and they pitch the mold and they're done with it. Well, you know, there's probably people out there, well, there are, you know, looking for those molds, they'll try to rummage. <laughs> I'm surprised, the trash. honestly, they don't like destroy them yeah. instead of just like. I, I'm the sure now there's yeah there's there's other protocols to this, but uh, I mean, there's websites they'll tell you how to spot the counterfeits and some tips that I found were kind of interesting here. But uh, you always got to look for the official Disney pin trading logo in the back. The the prongs, you know, are like the Mickey like black um. You know, the rubber clip, clip. yeah. The There's protector. like two on the on the on either side of that as well. At least at the time that I read this, whenever you know year that was. So I'd be curious to read our like. So it's like three dots when you look at it. The okay. one in the middle, you know, the prolonged one. Um, check for a serial number if there's one at all. You know, look online for the one you have. The, the, the coloring could be off and, and all that stuff. And this one because the you know the cutting technology that they're using for these other you know the bogus places, too. the counterfeit places. It's going to be a little bit rough, you know, not kind of perfect and all that. So that's probably the biggest one. Is yeah. The I like this note you have here, Chris, in here. Crazy stuff, lol. Crazy stuff, lol. It is crazy stuff, lol. It's it crazy is. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, like, p- part of, like, people selling these pins, you know, you, you'll look on, <laughs> online. And there's some cool stories with some of these pins, like how they were released. Like, you're talking about the special drops or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there was one. There's a flubber one. Yeah, it was one of the first special drops. Apparently. First yeah. special drops. It's uh, this website. And you, I have it here. We can look at it later. They they list like the top 100 like rare pins. That was like number five or six. It was selling for like thirty five hundred, four thousand oh dollars. That's insane. But it's, because it's like you know flubber is already like 
a, mo- a movie from like 10 years ago that some people liked, you know? Yeah. It's like, ah, here's a pin for it. What the heck? And yeah. like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to go nuts. What's this one of Scar that you have in our It, it was just an example from this website that I found that I thought was cool. This 4, one. 4,500 value. And, and this was number like like 12 in this list. But it was, yeah, 4,500 bucks. Only 2,000 of these spooky rare Disney pins were made in 2019. This one's newer-ish. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. For 17 so, yeah, bucks. It's still, it's still a big thing. Man, I kind of, I kind of want to get. I really want to get my binder ready for our trip now. Yeah, talking about this is getting me into it a little bit. Yeah, I remember. I still remember we were taking a trip, and you guys were bringing your binders with you, and you just had them in like your carry-on backpack. Mm. I remember you guys getting stopped at security because it goes through the X-ray, and they just see like you know a hundred little metal pinpoints. You're like, "Uh, excuse us. Yeah, I think the fact that most of them had Mickey Mouse on them made them look safer, at least. There was like a serious moment where I thought, like, they're not going to let them bring these on the plane. What do we do? Oh, no. I would have been upset. (laughs) Our cast member exclusive pins. Yeah. Do you have any pins that you remember specifically really well, Chris? There's one that I really remember, and we have a ton of them, too. So in our high school band. That's right, yeah. We uh we went to Disney and we marched on Main Street and it was sweet. And when you do this, they have a special pin that they give to all the high school bands that go that year. And it's different every year. Mm-hmm. So like I'm like, oh, this is great. Yes, this pin is sweet because this is right where we're in the middle of all this. Uh, maybe a little after, but everyone else there, you know, they're high school kids that could care less about a <laughs> pin with Mickey on it. So they're just handing them to me. I got like twenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Like I was like, like, hey guys, if you don't want those pins, I'll take them. Because yeah, the only way you can get this pin is if you're in a marching band that went down Main Street. Real, like real cool, guys. You know yeah. what else was great about that trip? You got you one. So I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got one. yeah, but mine should have said two thousand. You were you months. were there that year too because you were chaperoning with yeah, our I didn't one get cousin. A pin. <laughs> but do you remember what else was cool about that trip? Huh. We uh, we were going to Disney like I don't know a few months after that. And when you go with like a big group for a school, um, they give you those those meal vouchers. Oh yeah, oh, remember right. every and you had like two a day, and a lot of people didn't use them. So again, they knew we were coming soon. They just kept giving us right. these vouchers. So that go. next trip was a pretty fulfilling one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was filling, all right. Yes, yes. Gosh, I did have what fun. What about you guys? Well, I remember. Yeah. So um, I was on the hot seat at oh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Good. Play it, mm-hmm. and um. They even make a joke of it in the pre-show when it like it looks like Regis Philbin's gonna actually come out, but then he doesn't because it's like not for money and he it's beneath him. <laughs> but he makes fun of you playing for points and prizes and yeah, pins. How dare you? And and that's what it was. So so the plateau amounts, if you remember who wants to be a millionaire, the plateaus were what, one thousand, thirty two thousand and a million. You won a hat, then a shirt, then a Disney cruise. Um, but everything in between that you stopped at was a pin. Um so I I Missed the question for the thirty-two thousand plateau that would have got me a shirt, Ugh. and so it d- dropped me back down to a thousand. But I have my hat, and I have my lanyard with my pins for like one hundred to one thousand or whatever. Those those gotta be pretty rare. I would. Think. I mean, yeah. The only way the to get the get. only way to get it was to be on the game and 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 play. So yeah. Right. <laughs> Dance good. Mike Swords, remember? I, I, I mean, gosh, you kind of uh, you you stole my uh, marching band one a bit, and again, uh-huh. the, the the Spectrum Magic one is is really good. For some reason, I really remember this one of it's Mickey dressed like theme park Mickey, you know, like the slightly things, and he's shaking 
a firefighter's hand. I always just thought it was oh, a really yeah. classy. That was band. that was their um their nine eleven commemorative. I think one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that may have actually been one of the few I ever traded for. I think a cast member kind of was like, "Hey, you should trade for this one because yeah, he had yeah, it." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So I do remember that, and it was a just kind of a classy pen. Again, did you guys do much besides that? Did you do much trading? No, I mean no, I wasn't like, very social really right, then, yeah. and like I, I, we were we were there with, as a family. What I'm going to go see you guys going to pin trade. Right. I think locals did it a lot. Oh sure. But, but oh, to, sure. again, to us, it was like we don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> we just trade this. Well, it was again. Like I, said, I like I had. I didn't have the number you guys had, so I just bought the ones I wanted. Like, yeah, we did too. Really, I wasn't going to trade anything. I mean, I were, liked all the ones I had. To me, the fun part was because again, like especially at those stores, there were thousands of pins to choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the kind of crocodile room in the uh, main Mortal Disney store also had a giant pin trading section mm-hmm. there, and you know, I just had fun looking at all of them. Uh, I remember. I, I, there was like weird little memories, like when I finally did Space Mountain. I remember, okay, now I now I deserve to get a Space yes. Mountain pin. Yeah, yeah. Like feeling really good about. And they that. had a, they had a really good Tower of Terror pin that I liked. That like the the elevator moved up and down on the pin. Yeah, it was like a little separate piece, kind of. Yeah, those ones there. were kind of, kind of neat. Kinetic energy in that. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, oh, I really you know like Indiana Jones Adventure or in Disneyland. I'm gonna get an Indiana Jones Adventure pin. Here. Well, the ones even now like today, the ones we will still buy are like when you do go to a separate store, they have just those few at the cashier yeah they're just they are like you know for that ride or the limited ones or whatever mm-hmm. we don't really go into like the pin trading so, store are you gonna introduce your kids to pin trading guys when we no. get on there <sighs> no I actually, actually like, let cool. them pick one pin yeah, like, the first night at Disney Springs. I mean, Walter actually, we we when when we were decorating his room before he was born, his shockingly his room is uh, vintage Disneyland themed. Um, we did get some some various Disney pins and then we hung them on like a canvas. Uh, yeah, it hangs on his wall. It's very nice. So That's cool. we have like a partner's pin that we got because Walt Disney's on it, and the Fab Five, each of their pins, and uh, a vintage Mickey, uh, Oswald, and or Hortensia. Um, just kind of anything that looked kind of throwbacky. Mm. Uh, we got pins for him that he That's has. Good. Oh, you know what? What's a pin I do really like? Uh, our, our, our buddy actually, uh, PG actually got it for us. Was they had a Mickey in his uh, his his organization outfit from Kingdom Hearts as oh, a pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do like a lot of Kingdom Hearts right. pins, so yeah, that one really really excited me. Do Do you recall ever actually wearing a pin? No. No, I put them in the book, or I just keep them in their things. I wouldn't re- wear them. I wouldn't tr- dress myself. There's, with there's it. one, and it was one I bought my wife, and it was a grape soda one. Uh, uh, from from uh, that's uh, the yeah. second one that I really. If she wears that or has it on her purse or something. Do you guys ever just because they would have like lanyard collections where it's like it's almost like your starting kit. Yeah, like, yeah. Get a lanyard, and it's all you know, Toy Story, or uh, Disney band. princesses, or I, something. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of when we got out of it when it did get a bit out of control. Yeah. Or they had those super big ones, the Jumbo, which there was like, an interesting. Oh story. yeah, uh, again, Genie. Um, told that story where she's uh, like, like it was like an approval spec sheet. Yeah, it was another haunted mansion Disneyland event. Yeah, and she forgot to put down the dimensions, so the printer just made it. Like which the is, manufacturer, just yeah, made. which is weird. And they were, it was like huge. It was like too late to change it, so they're like, "Well, we're just gonna call it our first jumbo pin. Yeah. Charge we're more, jack yeah. the price." And what do you know? It was hugely popular. <laughs> yep. So that's happy. Accident. That's why you have jumbo pins sometimes because there was an accident with the manufacturer. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I never got a jumbo pin. No, <laughs> I would maybe if there was a jumbo pin of Jumbo, aka Dumbo's mom, I'd get that. That makes sense. The jumbo jumbo. <laughs> the jumbo jumbo. Jumbo. 
Jumbo Jumbo. Oh, oh they had a Jumbo. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah, Dr. Jumbo. What's his last name? He has a funny one. No, I was thinking like Ham Jumbo, the you know, they say at the safari. Oh, isn't that yeah. also the guy in Leon Stitch's name? You are Jumbo? correct though. Thank yes. you. Okay. Lots well, of Jumbos. Jumbo 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 Jumbo. I'm surprised your mind went to that and not to the right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I oh I like Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> well, sure, that's but. true. That's that is true. We Lilo. saw I saw a Lilo and a Stitch at a trunk or treat. Look at, oh, cool. You don't see Lilo oh, nice. too often. That's pretty That's neat. pretty cool. So here, let me ask you this then. If 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 um the week we're there, if they were to announce a pin that would get you to be like, all right, family, I'm you don't count. I'm wow. I'm I'm going early and lining up to get this pin. What would it take? Oh man. If you had your dream pin show up, what what would it be? Oh, that's interesting. Uh it pro it would have to be for like a ride closing. Like, I, like I, I have my answer. Like if like when Great Movie Ride closed and they had some commemorative Merchandise yeah. like that kind of pin. I would if they, I would if they were doing a limited edition Dreamfinder on his um, blimp, the blimp thing. I, I thought you were going. Uh, I'd, I'd want that real bad. I, I would like one of just like the Horizons building. Yeah, actually, cool. oh yeah, be pretty cool. It, I mean, there are they're going to be attraction related for us, probably. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's one Chris, you have like a, a one that you could think of. Uh, I don't they, know. they must have already made a sunny eclipse pin at this point, right? I don't know. You would hope so. There has to be a sunny Let's eclipse. See. He's starting to show up on the merchandise more and more these days, which makes me happy. There's like a Magic Kingdom bag, and he's on that. It's like a collage kind of a thing. Uh, so I would do that. Maybe Tom Morrow from uh, Timekeeper. I'm sure there were Timekeeper pins, but they did it again. I'm trying to think. Probably something figment related. I, I like that. Yeah, so kind of, but like specific. I guess specific to. Uh, there's no, there's no uh, sunny clips pin, AJ. Not that I'm finding. Yeah, we might have to I'm look quick deeper here. But if not, that'll be my answer. Or how about just a pin that is a recreation of the Rome burning scene from Spaceship Earth? Yeah. Wait, hang on, wait, maybe be, oh, if there was like pins of like the like the girl and the boy talking to each other from their video phones at the yeah. old oh, end of Spaceship Earth. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Like go scene to scene, just yeah, just make recreate. pins of those. That'd be cool actually. If there's like a pin of each show scene from like a dark ride, you well, can all kind of recreate like it. Pins, I feel like they're like yes. open. Yeah, I, I think I even like have that. like a couple of those. Not bad. Uh, there, there is a Sunny Clips pin. It says Sunny Clips 100 Transactions Club. Oh, 100 on. transactions. Uh, you buy 100 of them. It sounds, it sounds fancy. Is this like did a you have to like speed, Did you have to like have 100 transactions I, done in the I, Disney I, store? I don't know. Let me see the pen. You had to buy 100 cheeseburgers from Sunny That's Eclipse. Interesting. 100 transactions. transactions. Yeah, reading the description it doesn't really, hang on. It doesn't really explain what that means. Okay. We're going to look in this 100 transactions. <laughs> I have a, your birthday is December 8th. Do, so. do you guys have like a souvenir that you do like to get now? Like for me, the kind of like the one souvenir I like to get that's something I can have and doesn't take up a lot of space is a fridge magnet. Like I'll usually get whatever hotel I'm staying at or something yeah. new. And it, then I can put that on my fridge. But it, yeah, it's funny you say. It's funny you say that. My wife and I, every time we go to a, like a different resort now, we get one thing from there. So like our French Quarter, we, we got one of those Mardi Gras masks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Animal Kingdom Lodge, we got like an elephant. And when we were at Beach Club last. They didn't have anything like specific that was kind of unique. So we got a, a fridge magnet. Nice. And we I, always get an ornament. Always yeah. gotta get an ornament. So I, I've slowed down on it in recent years, but I was a pretty avid Disney mug collector. You were for a bit then. I, I have. It started when I was working at the Disney store. And there was always a to be clear. You were table. like a like a mall Disney store in like right, Pennsylvania, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> did you get? Did you guys have pins there? I don't remember. Now you say it. I don't know. You I weren't there a whole long time. So. I just worked there for a semester when I was. I, I my last semester of school, I had no class Tuesday and Thursday, so I picked up a part time job. Um, get that discount, but yeah, truly, because there was always a clearance table, which you still got a discount on, and the mugs always ended up there. So I'd get these mugs for like three bucks. 
And one day they, they just realized I had like a dozen of these things. I was like, oh, I guess I collect well, Disney mugs. You had like a shelf of them. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And they're all in a box right now because I don't have anywhere good to put them. I'd like to bring them back out again because I do have some cool ones. I have this really nice uh, vintage Roger Rabbit one that like came out like with the movie in the 80s. Uh, that, nice. That's a, a nice one. And for a while, they had a thing where they had like a mugs with every letter of the alphabet. So I have the an A and a J. Yeah. So you could put them next to so each other. Are you technically the only Minotti who was ever a cast member? That is true. All right, then. I was almost. I got accepted to this, not that it's hard, to the summer college program. And then I backed out because mm. I would have delayed my classes by a whole year. Yeah, it would have screwed up your graduation timeline. Right. Mm. Alas. Well, I think that just about does it. Yeah, I don't know how much, what more else we can say about pins. Right, that's they're, the thing. They're fun, you know, don't get it. We got a whole it. episode of it. I, yeah, I, that was a lot of fun for me. I really did enjoy uh, doing all that pin stuff back in the day. It was actually like weird highlight of my trip and definitely makes me think of that kind of more, maybe not quite so much 90s, but almost that sort of a millennium vibe. Yeah, really. that's what it does take me back to. And that is kind of what I like about it. It does yeah. remind me of and that late 90s. Those period. were really fun trips for us because that's when the three of us were able to go out on our own for the first right, time. Right. We didn't have to have mom and dad there everywhere we went. Uh, you know, sometimes that would be like, you know, here's a 20, go get a pin at some point throughout your day. And mm-hmm. I'd be very excited about yes. that. Thank yes. you, parents. But uh, all right. Well, that that does it. Now we're we're going to get ready for Halloween here. It'll be past it's, Halloween it's by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> but uh, we'll wish you all a happy Thanksgiving if you're celebrating that, if you're in the U.S. But AJ, if we you're gotta, in Canada, you already had it. So yeah. I hope that was nice. We got to start thinking about Christmas now, AJ. Uh, it's so like. I knew I was the next episode. And it like, doesn't dawn on me, like, oh, that's the Christmas episode because it is December when it comes out. So, um, We've already done a bunch of Christmas movies uh, on the show, but it's time to do something Christmas parks related. And we're going to talk about a very big fan favorite, the Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights. I have a lot of memories of this. I remember this vividly. So this was featured at the back lot of uh, Disney MGM Studios, as it was at the time. There's a really interesting backstory to how this came to be, how Disney got involved, and uh, ultimately why it went away. So uh, look forward to that next time as we... uh, God, by the time the episode comes out, we'll have already finished our trip. We're going, guys, we're going to Disney World less than a month. Oh, no, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. It's like Finally. 20, well, for me, I think 26 days till we leave. And, and I was oh able God. to secure an, an Asker House. Akershish. Reservation. I, not for me. No, sorry. <laughs> That's just me and my family. This I was just bummed it was only dinner. I, I wanted yeah. to eat breakfast there so bad, but oh well. This is our first MGM episode in a while since our sci-fi dining episode almost a oh, year well. ago, maybe. So there you go. Maybe good, a little bit good. more even, so nice. So yeah, so okay, so so keeping that in mind, um, follow us on Twitter um, as as we're kind of walking around the parks. If we catch little 90s references, we'll, we'll be sure to snap a photo. Lots of pictures of Rocketeer out. stuff. Yes. Well, if we can find our pin book too, we'll get a nice Yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Also, if you haven't checked out our bonus episode from last month. Oh, we uh, got an email too, AJ. Oh, yes, yes. Let's not forget that. But So the bonus episode, again, if you missed it, I talked to AJ Grand Scrutton, who is the CEO of Dalala Studios. They're making the new Disney game, Disney Illusion Island, which stars Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy. Uh, so that was a really fun conversation that you should check out. Uh, but we have an email, if I could click the right one here, from Shane Cunningham. And Shane writes in, Hi, Minotti Brothers. I am writing in to say that I just love your podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, I am binging through them now. I've listened to eight episodes in the past 48 hours or so and can't get enough. Nice. That's a lot of Minotti. There you go. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. You never have enough. <laughs> I recently became aware of Mike through the Game Mess Mornings on Giant Bomb. What's that? 
That's <laughs> that is Jeff Grubb's uh, daily morning show during the week. You should check it out every 11 a.m. Eastern time on Giant Bomb. Except for Tuesdays because they do the bomb cast yes. these days. I liked him. So I found more of him on the main Jeff Grubb Mess YouTube channel, which is you know where kind of Mike and Jeff have all their content. Then I heard him mention the 90s Disney podcast and decided to check it out even though I am not a Disney person. For someone who had zero interest to go to Disney, again, I went once when I was 12 to Disney World and did not like it compared to Universal Studios because there were virtually no fun rides and coasters. He bet he meets thrill rides. If you say so. Uh, <laughs> I you mean, three have made me enjoy good. hearing about it so much that now I want to go to Disney as an adult. Also, I have more respect for and desire to care about Disney in general. What a joyous show you three have. It feels warm and fuzzy to hear you three brothers yuck it up and have a good time talking about something you love so much. As a listener, it's like I'm in the living room with y'all as a cousin or something, vicariously experiencing Disney World through your stories. It's great. Thank you so much for making the podcast for us to enjoy. Best regards, Shane Cunningham. Shane, man, thank you. Proud to call you cousin, my friend. We welcome welcome to the fold. Man, he didn't even have any questions or requests. Yeah, right. just, just boost so, our egos. All right. See, nice? You heard from him. If you hate Disney, you'll love us. You, That's right. You hear that, Disney? We're converting people. You should yeah. give us stuff. Send us pins. <laughs> pay, pay for our trip this month. That flubber pin sounds pretty nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> I promise I won't sell it for thirty thousand dollars on eBay. Three then, whatever. Thirty five hundred. I can do it for thirty. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> because this was, you know, from the nineties Disney people. <laughs> yes, but thank you. We, we Shane. touched it. Thank you, cool. Shane. All right, everybody. So yeah, uh, thank you as always for listening to Nineties Disney. You can find more of us at nine zero s disney dot com, where you can subscribe to past, present, and future episodes of the show on the podcasting service of your choice. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we post some nonsense sometimes. Like I said, especially this month, we'll be, uh, like I said, trying to find some fun references around the parks as we're exploring for you all. If you have any questions or comments like Shane did and you want to email us, that's 90sdisneypodcast at gmail.com. We will read it on the show, as you just heard. Even if it's not that nice. Yeah, if, yeah. You, want, yeah, if you want to be mean to us, I mean, that's up to you, I guess. If you want to say bad things about Mike I mean, and AJ, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll take care. And uh, again, happy Thanksgiving to Americans. Happy November to the rest of you. And we'll see you next time right here on 90s Disney. Take care. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>